0: The Project. the Project Kuwait. 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 Learn. Let. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of The Project. And in today's episode, I'm sitting down with James Wright. He is a trainer based here at CrossFit Elias in Dubai. He used to be based out of Kuwait and me and James get into some pretty lengthy discussions about the gym business, how to run a gym, what clients look for, and what the gym business should look for as it grows and as it matures. And as we've seen the gym industry mature, we've seen training mature and the approach to clients and the approach to training as a coach and as an overall gym manager. And then we actually get to dive into some of the fitness questions and we talk about Olympic lifting, what goes into Olympic lifting, some of the keys that you need to look for. And James also throws in his two cents about the Battle of the East. As everybody knows, that's coming up in a few weeks' time. And he puts his money on some interesting names that will be coming into town. So give this episode a listen. I'm sure you're going to find some benefit, whether it's from a gym management perspective, what to look for in a coach certain weightlifting modalities and accessory work that you should be doing with your weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, that is. And it's a good episode to have some takeaways. And don't forget to leave us a rating or review if you want a t-shirt. Yeah. If you leave us a good rating or review and we like it, we'll pick it and you get a t-shirt from us. You can live anywhere in the world and we'll send it right to you. Thanks guys. Enjoy the episode. All this and more in today's episode. Welcome to this edition of the Project Kuwait, and I'm sitting down with James Wright from CrossFit Eliath, who used to work in Kuwait as a trainer for a few years, moved over to Dubai, continues to train here at, I would say, probably the powerhouse in the Middle East, Eliath. Everyone that comes in here, looks up at the wall, sees the big lion on it, right? It's a lion, or what is that?
1: Yeah, 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 lion, yeah.
0: Yeah, looks at that, and they're like, freaked out, and oh shit, they're coming to Battle the East, and... You guys are going for the trifecta this year,
1: right? Yeah, well, will certainly attempt it. Like, it's it's a slightly different squad format this year. Like, we can still call it an life team, I suppose. But it'll be um, Sam, who I work on a programming perspective. So Sam's currently based at uh, Arena in Abu Dhabi. Yep. And then Bilal, one of the uh, the young Lebanese kids at Toronto's a bit of a rising star, who hopefully his elbow is completely clear and he'll win the Open this year for Lebanon national champ. So that'll be our team, so it's... It's not necessarily, necessarily an IF team, but let's say I've been still with flying those colors.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So what's your background, man? I mean, you started out in Kuwait, right? And then you... Yeah,
1: yeah, so I think so. my CrossFit story starts way back. I'm not necessarily as old school as some of the guys that are knocking around still in the Gulf like Miko. I started CrossFit in 2012, straight out of our university. So I was a track athlete, I had a few national age group medals to my name. For the long jump, sprint hurdles, decathlon. did that for a while basically finished university, all my training partners who were obviously from all over, they all left, went home, got jobs. I stayed in Leeds. One of my coaches themselves had actually started CrossFit. After a couple of attempts to get me down where I thought it was a lot of rubbish, I was like, this is what they're doing, throwing these weights around too fast as, you know, typical kind of old school strength and conditioning thought mindset. I went down, stumbled upon what was, I guess, life-changing for me now when I look where I am now. And I started coaching more in 2013, 2014. And then I got an opportunity yeah, to move to Kuwait in 2015. That's awesome. So why'd you move to Kuwait, man? Like of all places. <laughs> so CrossFit Leagues in general as a gym is a bit of a history of like developing and then exporting coaches. A friend of mine, Luke Holmes, uh, who was at Circuit Plus, was at Inspire, now is in Barcelona, I think. we some of our staff. Luke was one of the early door pioneers for moving out to the Gulf. He was one of the uh, opening team for Circuit Plus when he was a very, very small gym in, in Schweik. And he went out there in 2014. I said was one of the first Brits to go out to the, to the Gulf, as well as obviously Phil. He went out to Dubai at a similar time. So yeah, like I suppose to Luke a little bit. I stumbled upon a couple of other British guys that were coaching at Flair. And basically just an offer came down my way. Someone was interested, knew my background. It was still the days in Kuwait where people were looking for athlete coaches. So I was on the 2014 regional team for Leeds and where we competed in Copenhagen. So I think that obviously was a selling point back in the day in, in Kuwait. So I got this offer to come out to be part of the coaching team for Desert Fitness or CrossFit Slam, which is the gym that recently just closed, unfortunately, that was in the slam wall in Salmere. It was a, as a massive leap of faith. But it, um, it worked out for me, I guess.
0: So now when you say they were looking for athlete coaches, yeah. right, are they still looking for athlete coaches in Kuwait or has the mentality shifted a little bit? Because before the mentality would be, okay, you come in as an athlete coach, you know, yep. you teach your two classes and then you just train all day.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say that it's definitely changed. I think the whole environment in Kuwait has probably changed over the last couple of years. Now, whether that's from money changes because of Kuwait was getting hurt because of the oil prices. And I think people just started to change their mindset. It was what they've done now is smart in Kuwait. Like they've started to integrate more and more Kuwaiti coaches. They don't have to worry about visa costs. So, yeah, like I don't think they necessarily look for athlete coaches anymore. I think, in let's call it the mainstream crossfit boxes without naming names. The mainstream boxes they're now looking for guys who's prepared to come and work for less money.
0: I mean, what mainstream boxes are left in Kuwait? You only have really have Flair and Circuit okay, Plus. So that's Those a, are that's the a, only two that less, I really Yeah, yeah. So that
1: that's there. what I would say. Okay. And BSK. Uh, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. BSK is... But yeah, BSK is completely different. Like, So then they're definitely not looking for athlete coaches. They're taking a good experienced coaches on. Like John, who's there, a friend of mine from Blackpool. John's a really good coach. Knowledgeable coach. And Andy there, who was before him. Those gyms now, they basically bring in, in let's call it cheaper. Uh, guys were prepared to work for less money than maybe that I would have been prepared to to work for and work longer hours like my experience from from when I coached I coached more hours than some of the guys were working back in the day even then I think the guys in Kuwait they were still working like three or four hours that was it right you were just coached the hours and they train if you're at the mega boxing circuit like you're in Schweik, where the the hell are you gonna go I know there's more (laughs) in Shweik now than there used to be there's a few more Piccolo's, a few more coffee shops, but back in the day, there was literally nothing. Yeah. You go down there and you don't drive because you go visa. Well, you're going to wait for your car or you're going to pay a taxi, and then the traffic's craft. <laughs> the culture in Kuwait that people wouldn't necessarily just train for the sake of it, right? But yeah, I think that's changed now. I think definitely they, the guys are smarter with who they bring in. They bring in guys who are just going to work hard, necessarily the most experienced coaches, but yeah, they do it that way. I don't think there were many. In those gyms left, there's not many, let's call it Western coaches with huge amounts of coaching experience. Like, Ivan's still a circuit. Ivan's been there for years. He's a great coach. I know Sam's still knocking around the flare, but beyond that, like, I don't think there's many. I think the, and the culture has changed. The frameworks are built, right? Back in the day, all the management for Circuit Plus is gone. Like, Diego, a good friend of mine, who's now runs DCC. Steph, who was there, gone. Most of the old management structure that came in and built these frameworks for the guys, it's done, right? The hard work's done. Now you're just going to keep doing it, you know, take a cog out, replace with another cog, like, and just keep moving that way. Yeah, but I
0: mean, let's be realistic with a couple of things, because you see this a lot in Kuwait, where the Western culture will come in, Mm -hmm. build up the brand, okay, and it will be running, essentially, very smooth. Yeah. You know, they'll have the franchise going, everything, and then they shift out management, they shift out the franchise starters, so to speak, yeah. and it goes to shit.
1: Yeah, maybe it does. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it happens
0: a lot more yeah. times in Kuwait than other places, yeah. because people try to cut costs and yeah. mainly cut corners too. Absolutely. So what's the difference between gym management in Dubai and yeah. gym management in Kuwait? I mean, here, from what I've seen, you guys actually have to hustle, you know, and that was a question later on. But. Yeah,
1: I think the difference is, I don't think that in Kuwait, there was Quite frankly, from my experience, uh, what I had to deal with in Kuwait as management, we didn't do a lot in terms of management work. For me, it was mainly focused on making sure that people did their jobs properly, which is basically coaches give a shit. Because let's face it, when you're you're hiring guys, they are predominantly driven to work out. Guys are necessarily driven to give a shit about coaching. So one thing that Desert, while I was around, was known for is having a coaching team that gave a shit. So that's where we grew as a business. Like that business never stood a chance of surviving because it was opened under all the wrong circumstances. There was no business plan. The rent in that mall was ridiculous. So here in Dubai, things are yeah, different. Like there's more competition, right? Let's face it, like this is a much more mature fitness market. You can, you know, every franchise out there, you know, fitness wise outside of CrossFit is, is here. You know, Barry's F45, all those big things. There's fitness models moving across from like India that come across because it's a much more diverse market. Kuwait, you've got locals, shitloads of money. And then a small amount of Western expats who are say like doing the work and still getting well paid for it. And then like a very, very large percentage is low income workers. Let's yeah. So in Dubai, there's obviously that same structure. There are a considerable number more of that middle band of, let's call it Western expats. Let's just use that word. Like, there's a lot more competition. Like, there's a lot more CrossFit gyms in general. Dubai just gone from a bit of a shift, like two or three gyms closed. There were OG gyms like rig closed. Uh, Lifespark sold up to to CrossFit Yas. So, but most, which was what they, I think it was probably the first or the second CrossFit gym ever in Dubai that closed about a year ago as well, or maybe over a year ago. So like, the market has changed a lot. Like you just can't open a gym, hire some athlete coaches and expect this to make money anymore. Like that was the model in Dubai years ago and that has slowly dissolved. We as a gym here, we still have a couple of athlete coaches, but the whole mindset, the way that everything is run is changed. There are targets, benchmarks, within contracts to make sure that people are also investing and doing their job properly as well. So like, yeah, things are drastically different in terms of like the management side of things.
0: That's amazing. I mean, it's good to see that you guys are actually changing the curve, so to speak, and adapting to the new times because even in the States, CrossFit is flat. CrossFit's yeah, of course. All yeah, yeah. Well, these teams it, are it's, closing, it's, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. CrossFit's just flat across yeah. the board. And I think because people are now seeing that, oh, if I want to do CrossFit, I have to become an athlete. Versus before, it was yeah. for you know, movement-wise. It was to encourage movement, yeah. get people moving. Glassman's trying to shift it back, yeah, whether certainly. he'll be able to do it or not. Uh, yeah. It's, it's...
1: I I, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I think CrossFit will evolve and it'll, it'll find its place. Like there are a lot of very successful gyms around the world. And that's because they do what they do best. They're not attempting to do what HQ tells them to do. They they have like good business models and they understand their own business model. They understand... What their members want and need, and they supply that. And I think that's what I think Guess in the US, for instance, I think that's what's why a lot of gyms are closed because people just open gyms after a center. I want fancy uh, open a gym, I do more want to level one, open the gym, <laughs> never, never, yeah. never run a gym. I think that that's, I think that was bound to happen at some point. And I think guest Dubai, in a sense, has seen the same thing, but nowhere near as drastic because there's more money here.
0: What are some of the management approaches that you've taken in order yeah. to make sure that you're still evolving throughout, you know, this kind of? fitness financial crisis, so to speak.
1: So all the gym was what we're trying to do is basically make sure that we are comfortable with the identity of the business from the day one it opened has been renowned as a high performance gym now.
0: I mean, dude, not to cut you off, but when I was in the States. Yeah. People didn't know anywhere in the golf. Yeah, but they, they knew a yeah. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: They definitely knew what a life. <laughs> so was yeah, we've obviously had a luxury, like as a life, like the last two years, you've had Lohan and Rasmus who were representing the who went to the games. You've had Miko over the years, Phil and Mia. And then obviously again, Lohan and Rasmus who were ex-Eliath on the Invictus team. Mahmoud, uh, who won national champion, trains here. So we've had a lot of exposure globally. And then because of the DCC and because of the gyms, gym owners relationships with people we have a lot of those guys come and base themselves out of a when DCC is here so we've always had a lot of foot traffic and a lot of global visibility but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to miss a sexual business because a lot of that doesn't necessarily attract members because you know most people they don't give a crap about that yeah that's true your your product quality is pretty good yeah so for us it's just about making sure that Quality is as high as we possibly can. But at the same time, basically what we, we've tried to do while I've been around is to soften the brand image as much as possible. So that's basically... Yeah, there, there is a high performance element to the gym. But at the same time, oh. this is welcome to everyone. Like, the last thing we want is people to be put off by the gym. Like I gather, like, it's intimidating. You walk in, there's this massive wide gym, huge rig in the middle. You've never done CrossFit or you've done a little bit of CrossFit at another gym. Maybe when you move to Dubai, because it's a very transient city. Some people are going to be put off by it. So it, it's a job for us, whether it's the structures we put in place and the branding just to soften things up to make it as welcoming as possible, which is what we tried to do for the last two years with me. And then obviously Rebecca, who used to work in Kuwait as well at Circuit, who's been on the, on the marketing side of the business. But that's basically what we try to do. We've tried really, really hard to just soften the brand.
0: Well, you guys do a great job because I remember Thanks. when I first walked in here, and if I compare it to my experience when I went to Invictus, Southie, and CrossFit New England, yeah, it was basically the same experience. You know, I'm I smart. walked in, you were like, hey, how are you? I'm James, shook my hand really nice welcoming it kind of you know you forget about the intimidation factor everyone's intimidated when they first walk into a new gym yeah of i course. mean yeah. everyone is. i don't care who you are but yeah. i mean unless you're like friggin matt frazier you just don't give a shit so, <laughs> you know what i mean but i mean you guys are great i mean your business model is great now let's shift gears a little bit yeah. let's move over to the client side are clients okay. different here compared to kuwait yeah. and let's talk about in terms of Spending power and work ethic.
1: Okay, so if you start, at, let's you, you take a step back and we look at what Kuwait like. Okay, so if you look at, let's say we talked before, they're the big brands. So you look at Flair and Circuit Plus. So they're the your traditional crossfit models. That's a group training model, right? So if things haven't changed since I was around, like those models do not encourage a lot of personal training. Like they don't go looking for it. Like the coach is looking maybe one or two of their clients, they want to do a little bit of extra work. The reality is that those guys are looking to get as many people in a class as possible, fill the class, hit the quarters, keep the membership high. And they don't need the PT for that. The Other places like the Borough Inspire, which are the CrossFit Gyms, but it's a very, very different concept, right? So um,
0: <laughs> there's more coaches than clients. Yeah, there's man. more coaches than clients.
1: <laughs> but like, it, that's always been something in Kuwait. I don't, I lose track. I don't know how much membership Burrow and Inspire are nowadays, but Borough's is reasonable. Okay. I do like a month membership there. Yeah. And-
0: you know, it's, it's like 100 KD plus you okay. get four PTs out of it. So that's kind of like, you know, okay. it's a decent price, yeah. especially with the PTs yeah. compared to other gyms that yeah. charge like 30 for a PT. And yeah, of course. You yeah, know, the trainers are just shit. <laughs> 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 so I, I think... to throw that out yeah, there.
1: <laughs> so I think like there are similar models to uh, to here, or to Kuwait and vice versa. So I think they like definitely a gym like Elith, for instance, like we are a group training model, right? So we've got classes all through the day. We have specialty classes on this one hour every week. So you want to train two hours a day, or you want to just focus on one thing. There's CrossFit classes, uh, mainline class, and then you've got weightlifting. We do endurance classes, we do gymnastic classes, we do strongman classes. So in theory, Joe Average will rush for the door, who's paying for an unlimited membership, which is just over a thousand dirhams. I guess like eighty, eighty-five k. they lose track of the for a, for a month? Or, yeah. For a month. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. That's
0: really good. That's a yeah. really good price point yeah. to
1: have. Yeah. So it's it. it there's, there's good value there. So this is, again, ties into what we turned to before with the value of the gym. So I know I remember, like they don't necessarily need to do personal training. And most of the personal training clients we have at Eliath are people who are not training in a class. So they are people who come in and they have completely different goals and targets to somebody winning across a class. Yeah. So they are, you know, they'll come in and train with a coach three, four times a week, uh, different goals. Uh, maybe they've got an injury, for instance, something like that. So that's what they're, hopefully they're working towards. So like our coach will do 20, 30, 40 hours a week of PT. That's oh, sorry, a month, not a week. On top of their class, which is again another 10 to 15 hours a week of that. So they've got a relatively full schedule with that. PT generates a reasonable revenue. We have to advertise for that PT. That Some of that PT is just organic, but we, have, we do run ads focused completely towards personal trading. Obviously the ads mentions a bit cross your life ad on social media or whatever, but all the ad-based stuff is basically looking at not being for a necessarily a CrossFit client. I have PT clients who want to do extra work with me, like again, weightlifting, which is something that I've seen to have spent a lot of time doing and coaching now. I have a couple of guys who do extra work with me one on one because they want to spend more time working on certain things that so they don't get in a 12 person class, for instance. So yeah, like the PT is different. I think like QA in the right gym, people will just throw money at you, right? Yeah. But I think that's the model, like, let's say, like Inspire, for instance, in, in Kuwait, or across 965, whatever they call themselves. <laughs> like, their model is geared totally towards PT. They've run a few classes, but their entire model, like, in terms of membership prices and everything, it, it's set up that way so that the clientele that come just want to throw money at people for, yeah. for the literally for the sake of it. And there are models like that in here, but the most they're not really CrossFit models. And again, 965 Six Five Inspire is more than just CrossFit. Again, I, so there is that model here. It's called body transformation type concepts, twelve week challenge type things. I think it's quite similar. I think if you compare, we would say let's take Holiath and compare it to Circuit Plus. I think we do more hours because we've got more expats yeah. who are making big money here, and I don't think. Kuwait male locals, for instance, I'll really want to do PT. That's just cultural, I think. What about in terms
0: of work ethic from client perspective? Like there are clients in Kuwait and that don't have that extra edge, so to speak. You know what I mean? I'm trying to just compare apples to apples. And we don't have to do locals. We can do expats only, so to speak. But what about the client from a client perspective? I mean, in Kuwait, I see a lot of no shows. I've seen no shows. I've seen people up turning up late. Yeah. It's just like,
1: I haven't, know. we don't get a lot of no shows for our PT. Most of the guys are pretty committed. Well, I know we charge more for PT. Yeah, you guys charge a decent amount. No. Like, I we're, we're still cheap ish. I'm not going to name them again, but other CrossFit gyms will charge higher rates. And okay. we give pretty solid discount for bulk packs. You buy 30 PTs up front for us, you're getting a very, very reasonable PT offer. Okay. Which is good for good for the mountain client, and not so good for the coach because they, they get paid less yeah, per session, yeah. but someone's committing to the personal trainer, so it's you know, it's good to reward them that way. Yeah. So yeah, I think we definitely don't get the same no shows. I think people just want to and they're more committed to the health journey here. They're not the sign of a PT for the sake of it because they're they're under pressure from somebody else. I think most of these guys do it because they want to do it. Yeah, no, it's
0: understandable. I mean, it's pretty cool. I think all clients are kind of the same, whether it's here, Kuwait, yeah. America, or wherever, you're going to have all the same shit. But.
1: All I would say is, I've had conversations with the guys before. I've had people speak to me who are still based in Kuwait now and they're, they're looking at the UAE, like they're not quite sure about it. They make good money in Kuwait. Like, oh, it should have really made the move. And I said, the one difference between the PT is that you might meet that one personal training client in Dubai that has the opportunity to do something life changing for you they might well be a future business partner. That's actually true. I yeah, think that's, that's a, a good point. I, I said that's that really to, 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 the, to the guys and, uh, who have spoken to me. I'm like, that's the only difference. It's a really good in, point. Like, dude. There's such an array of people here that you meet people and you build relationships with people. Again, the whole gulf is transient, right? Like not everyone's staying here forever. So it's a good opportunity in the UAE to meet somebody who may well be a stepping stone or an anchor to do something else going down the line when you're done in Dubai or wherever. Yeah. I said that to people before, like you may not make as much money at some point compared, but at some point you might be that right person that does opens that door for you. Knows the right person. You know, I mean, nowadays everything's about networking, right? So, 100%, man. So, it,
0: no, that's 100%, dude. That's actually a really good point. That's probably one of the best points I've heard on this show
1: <laughs> about living in Kuwait <laughs> and, and like
0: living in the GCC yeah, yeah. in general and especially Dubai. I mean, you're right. There's so many people here. and There's yeah. so much opportunity. Like, dude, you could be rubbing shoulders with a billionaire and not even know it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and just working with somebody who's DAFC, the Financial Center, which is 10, 15 minute drive down there. Like, you know, you'd have clients from everywhere. And you know, from all different works of life and experiences. And like I said, one person might come along, you'd be like, all right, so I'm from wherever. In two years, I'm done here as well. Let's go out and do that. So there's always that opportunity and that one chance that you might be the right person that opens the door.
0: That's pretty sweet. So, all right, let's shift gears to your bread and butter. Let's talk about weightlifting. Okay. All right, because maybe I made a mistake a few months ago when I walked in here, and I was looking for a PT, and I got weightlifting with someone just because they went to the games. <laughs> <laughs> no, <that's not laughs> I mean. You know what I mean? And, and I've heard you're a really good weightlifting coach, and you've got an extensive background. So let's jump into weightlifting a little bit okay. and talk about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, where'd you start? How'd you come? You know, where so, are you now? It's
1: funny. It's, I don't really know how it's happened. You look back to my background in the sport, like speed, power. Like I'd done what were probably very, very ugly weightlifting movements as strength conditioning within track and field, and I loved it and I'd found it interesting. We used to compete as track athletes who so could power clean the most weight. Some, there must be some really god awful power clean videos somewhere on <laughs> all social media of sixteen, seven year old James to do eighty kilo power cleans. So. I've always had an interest in it. Um, it's just something that I've enjoyed doing. Like back in the day when I wasn't really coaching in the, in the UK, I'd come into the gym and I had 15, 20 minutes spare before a class. I guarantee I would go and squat. And it's just me. Squat yeah. or lift. Like I just enjoy it. So for me, the enjoyment factor has always driven where I want to learn. So because I've enjoyed weightlifting myself, I have been driven to go and learn more about it for, of course, for a long time now. I've developed more and more of an understanding of the sport in terms of movement. And as I've developed more and more understanding of the sport and movement, I've got better and better at coaching it. I'm making it as simple as possible for people who are beginners. So I'm proud of how well I can get guys moving early days with weightlifting. Like... People have not necessarily even done or picked up a bar before. Um, I, I'm, I'm very confident that the, the coaching I've done with beginners and that, that just comes out of coaching a lot of hours. And when, I, when I moved to Kuwait in 2015, I can guarantee you I was nowhere near as good a coach as, as I am now. That's just because of the amount of hours, the luxury, and that is what it is over here, the luxury of spending and perfecting my craft. And that's just because I wanted to get better at it. And that's not necessarily by Spending hours watching videos, that's literally spending time with guys on the floor trying to figure out what cues work for people. Makes sense, yeah. And I've had to, I had to change cues from Kuwait to Dubai as well. Which, as I moved from Kuwait to Dubai, because I'd worked in Kuwait, coaching in Dubai felt very, very easy. And that's no disrespect to anyone in Kuwait, but I typically spoke guys who didn't speak very good English. So a lot of it was visual cueing and physical cueing. So, man, you said
0: no disrespect. I thought you were going to stir the pot on this No, I'm not going to. You've been, you, you've you've been tamed, dude. I'm been, been, tamed. Like, like, I, 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 this is the thing. I will throw banter around and, I, but... Like, dude, you were talking shit on Instagram yeah. yesterday, I, I t- That was I hilarious, always, by I, the I, way. Yeah, I, I do. Cracking on,
1: uh, I, will, I will happily talk shit when it comes to competitions <laughs> and stuff. Like, I think, to go off the subject slightly, like, the Gulf's a very small place. The Battle of the East, in the, in the grand scheme of thing, is a small competition. Um, people from who are expats have kind of like got sucked into the mindset that like it's a be all end all. If I don't win the Battle of the East, I'm not good enough, kind of thing. And I guess that's driven because of the Kuwaiti side. Like it's such a big thing for. for it's the, the only thing. It's the, the only thing, thing the Kuwaitis yeah. have. You know. Like, so I throw a banner out yeah, at people. This like, year we just, might not
0: have any podium finishes either. I mean, if yeah. you think about it, like no,
1: this this is a very very good subject to talk about. Like we could, I could talk to you about the Battle of the East and about that podium this year. Like, all, oh, all dude, yeah, day, yeah. Like, Let's talk about okay. that a little bit, man. Okay. Like,
0: I want to hear your two cents so, on it because Omday, you got Omday, you got the other guy from Egypt, you got the guy from Jordan coming out. You've got okay, so, so you so got some big names this year.
1: Yeah, like I don't know, uh, I'm not sure completely of the national champs side because obviously they invited for national champs, right? So I'm not totally sure exactly of the Arab national champs who's accepted, right? But yes, in theory, there is a potential for there being no Kuwaitis on the podium. You've got, yeah, like, so you've got Omda, you've got Amin Atala, you've got Hamza, who won the first in Palestine. Yeah. You've got. Oh, he's a beast, dude. Yeah. So you've got Basil, who was just behind him, first in Palestine, who's my old training partner from Leeds. Hamza went to the qualifiers, the regionals, the year before. So that right? no, that
0: was Basil. They went to the regionals. Oh, that was before. Basil. Yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. That was Basin.
1: Yeah. And then you've got Asim, again um a, a a massive unit who if the right workouts come out will crush everyone. Okay. So like there's a if providing everyone turns up, you've got a very, very competitive field, and like Kala's a great guy. I've got a good relationship with Kala. Khaled. And Kala's gonna have his workout out to to get on that podium. And there's also other guys coming less like out of retirement. Big NASA was the first Kuwaiti to do, join the WWE newly married Nasser is now back in Kuwait training. So is he hard. like out of
0: the WWE? I mean, I I,
1: uh, I think he might have quit. I'm not totally sure. Like, he was supposed, to, he was going to come see me in Dubai a few weeks ago. Like, yeah. I've known Nasser for, since I was in Kuwait. Um, he's a really good guy. Absolute unit. Yeah, like, all those goals that guys have potential to really mix things up. So do you think him,
0: Big Nasser, will come out? Do you think he can beat Jarallah potentially? I mean, he's in retirement. In, so. in,
1: in the battle? Yeah, the battle. You know what it's going to come down to? Every year, it'll come down to whether they program the running and if they program the running, what the format of running is. And I know Khaled can run. So if running comes up to the same distance well, I, mean, as I mean, dude, last they year. just had the SWAT thing a couple yeah, month, yeah. A few months ago and that had a
0: shit ton of running. Yeah. So, so
1: yeah, Khaled's a great runner. I think like, yeah. He's never been outside of the top on a running workout. I'm pretty sure he was like even higher than that over the last couple of years. So like, if you're a big guy, you know it's not a bigger field. If NASA comes 40th in that workout, then. He's got a lot of work to do the rest of the weekend to, to make that up. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I think it'll come down to programming again. Like, um, Nas is a big ass dude. Legos road climbs come up. I remember way back in the day in 2015, uh, he struggled with the road climbs in the 2015 battle. And he was still relatively used to the sport at that point. But um, it'd be interesting year, this, like this year with the battle for sure. Teams, we know we know who's walking away with that. Rob's <laughs> team, they're gonna the uh, yeah, first place. <laughs> Either Rob or Sam's team's coming in yeah, first place. They're yeah. gonna
0: knock you guys out this year. <laughs> but the team the team's going
1: great, crack. Like that's where the fun is, as long as I'm concerned. Like it's just a good laugh. I obviously we want to win it, but it's just good fun. And I'm I'm there in two different roles. Sam and I will have so many athletes there competing. Oh wow, really? So really? I'm gonna tally. I had about six or seven guys last year. Was Sam at BSK? No. Uh he was at Yas in 2015 okay went back back to the UK for a couple of years and then was brought back out to Arena by the owner from Arena which is on Avim Island the the island I think is Arena that like five
0: story building or something or yeah
1: so it's the ground floor it's uh, Arena across Abu Dhabi <laughs> insane it's just on the ground floor yeah of that, but yeah it's the big. It's oh, near um, the uh, local, the, the relatively famous coffee shop that everyone goes to in Abu Dhabi. I have no yeah. clue, dude. <laughs> I've, I've been to Abu Dhabi yeah, once, yeah. man. <laughs> so, Sam um, was definitely a regional 2014 is in the individual. Right, so, um, team, teams is
0: going to be pretty intense. Yeah, it'll be good crack. What about the women race? I mean, Hajar... So, she, the local, she, yeah, like... <laughs> she has potential, but you got a lot of new young yeah, females so coming out of I it. I
1: don't know who's accepted invites from National Champs, right? So, in theory, Hajar is going to be up there if people have accepted invites. For sure. Shahad asked to be favorite, providing she's going, providing it fits into her training plan this year. U- she's
0: the chef uh,
1: from the UAE. Like, she was would she, have
0: wasn't book. she banned for no, 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 PEDs? That was girl. a different girl? Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. You're
1: going to get me and someone for, for, for calling the wrong people out. I, uh, I, yeah. I, I don't have an issue calling people out for PDs, but no, Shahad has been... They
0: could go on CrossFit Games' website. They'll find yeah, out yeah. who
1: it is. No. We will not mention any names. So Shahad, she's relatively new to the sport over here, like a couple of years. So she won the Open, went to the Games. She's the one that won the, the National Champion Award, whatever, I can't remember really okay, yeah. what it, at the Games this year. All right, yep. So Shahad will be, uh, she
0: was second last year so it's going to be pretty competitive for the females also. Like, Hajer yeah, can't so, just walk away. Yeah, with yeah.
1: The and money. so the, the girl that's that I, girl that I just started coaching as well is an individual. So Aisha, uh, who won Bahrain. She okay won the Open in Bahrain. She'll mix it as well. She didn't go to the games because of visa problems. I have started coaching her like two months ago. And she she moves really, really well. She's a very, very good gymnast. Of course. Cool. Uh, her weightlifting and her strength needs work. And she knows that. But... I would say that's probably the three you would put on the podium. Baha, who won it last year, definitely hasn't done the qualifiers and has wasn't national champ this year because Shahad beer. So she won't be doing it, I assume. So I would say unless I'm missing anyone really, like I don't think anyone will break into that top three outside of those outside wow. of those three girls. I think that'll be a it'd be an interesting battle to watch. I guess it's gonna come down to programming a lot, like it'd be interesting yeah. to see, like they obviously threw a even through a spanning in the works last year, everyone got really not upset, but like everyone got caught off guard with the programming last year being so much more high skill early on. Honestly, so, I like, like that. I coached a couple of girls from, from Saudi last year on the team and the poor girl spent most of the workout looking at ropes or not being able to do handstand walks, which was a shame for them. But dude, that's the thing
0: though. Like if you're going to a competition like this, because look, you can take someone that can just do grunt work and be fine at it with no skill base. But as soon as you throw a skill... Yeah, you know, that's it. But if you throw the skilled base workout at the beginning, yeah, you can weed out these guys that can, you know, yeah, yeah. sort of kill it. In the yeah,
1: groundwork. so it kind of it's, it's kind of similar approach what they did the, the games you sure right with the Legos road climbs. That was a pretty decent separator for the field. Like it wasn't uh, an exact indication of fitness levels, but it definitely that Legos road climbs and that moderate to heavy squat snatch yeah. definitely separated. So yeah, in a sense, it just separated that way. Like, it separated those guys who could do handstand walking and couldn't do handstand walking. But I'm not quite sure the handstand walking is the first skill you would use to separate. I think there were other high-skill movements that would have maybe been a slightly better separator, but we'll see what they do this year. Dude, we like, got everybody handstand walking in Kuwait this year. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can only <laughs> no imagine can I know everyone, Everyone's <laughs> yeah, handstand I know. walking, and I'm sure everyone can do lego <laughs> rope climbs from the floor seated. Yeah, no. So it's a great way to turn the notch and, I guess, push skill level on everyone in the region who wants to compete in this comp. That'd be interesting because like, they've got a new equipment sponsor the Zanios, the uh, Italian brand. But, yeah. So like, the arena is going to look very different this year in oh, theory. Cool. So let's, let's see what they throw. We know we know what equipment they're going to have. So Masters, what about yeah. Masters? I oh, mean, okay. Besides
0: Miko, <laughs> all right, everyone knows this guy. Yeah. Uh, this guy's walking away with it. That's almost a given. 38th globally last year, right? In the Masters category. Yeah, yeah, something that. yeah, yeah, 30, yeah, yeah. yeah like dude, be like, yeah, all right. So let's talk about two three, four, and five. Do you know okay. any of those guys? Or? So
1: last year, I think it's two and three from last year or have gone off two and four. So Ian Holland isn't competing. So Ian was, he was the guy last year who famously smashed his head open on the final workout. Oh yeah. I remember right? that guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he had, had a brain fart and he had with the bar. I tried to drop under the back squat. So Ian's not competing. And then Chris, who we are actually competing with next weekend in Cyprus, Chris isn't competing either. Where he's taking his foot off the gas with the individual stuff oh, okay. um, so for now anyway. So outside of that, like I can't remember the guy's name. It was the, the big Serbian dude. He has to be, I can't remember what place he finished. He'd really badly run a thing last year. He has to be there Uh, And then beyond that, I think it's a pretty open field, right? It's it's pretty open, yeah. I mean, there's one one
0: and two. One and two is Miko and the Serbian dude, or Croatian dude. Yeah,
1: maybe he's Whoever's number two,
0: but it's Miko and that guy. Yeah. And then I think from three onwards, it's kind of open.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd like to throw my hat in the ring and back one of my athletes. But Aziz Alhamdadi, who just scraped in actually on the qualifiers, he's 40 now. Okay. Like, so, wow. Wow. But, um, Respect he, he, to that. He, game, yeah, yeah, yeah. If the strength event stays away from too much high school gymnastics, Aziz will be there. If they throw a lot of gymnastics, he's going to have his workout out because he hasn't really trained that much. Yeah. And his strength is now soared because of that. We're trying to like <laughs> try <trying> to wind <laughs> that back in again. Yeah, like I think it'd be pretty open. Like I think that that I guess that third place is pretty much up for grabs. I don't really think there's a favor for well, there's it. Let's Wasim. See.
0: There's Wasim. There's Waseem out oh, of uh, Circuit yeah, Plus. He's, got, say he's that. got, he's Wasim, definitely
1: got, my old client. I'm really? Sure. Yeah, Dude, just, he's, got,
0: he's got some really good gymnastics yeah. skills. Actually, I, he's, I, the, I, he's the guy where I, in the open and in every qualifier I do, yeah. he's the guy that I'm trying to chase because I
1: know he's better yeah. than me. And I'm like, I'm, I do, I do, I do see him a service really there. Like, you will probably kick my ass if he listens to this. <laughs> no, like, it seems a good athlete. Like, Christ, like, we've seen me in the last, I chilled out in the Open this year, to be fair. And I, th- I think that's not a bad excuse. Uh, we have seen Bembe in um, 19.5, nineteen point five, yeah, nineteen point five. What was nineteen point five? The chest bar, the high volume Chester bar, descending. ladder, twenty, was it twenty seven or thirty five? Twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have seen Bembe by about thirty seconds in that. So it seems great. Like we've seen, moved to circuit a couple of months ago when all the crap was starting to start with my old gym. So he moved to make sense. He moves and trains with the Evans guys with uh, the Rakan Almario, And again all my old guys from, from desert, they all moved down, or a bunch of them moved down there, Like I was in Istanbul this weekend. Yeah, did, did, yeah, did, yeah. Had yeah. a really decent weekend, so. Yeah, it was Seem actually, to be fair, like, I really shouldn't, I really shouldn't discount Seem. Like, <laughs> he it, finished fifth. Like, yeah, he, that
0: was Seem was a good he, athlete, he man. He crushed the, uh, what was it, snatch and friggin', I don't know, Pull-ups or whatever. I think it was snatch and pull-ups. The snatch and pull-ups workout where it was like four, eight, okay, twelve. Yeah, yeah. I think he yeah, killed did, it. Like, he, did, he, yeah. he murdered. He's, that yeah, one.
1: he's gymnastic pulling, pulling chest of bar and even toaster bar. Like pretty solid. Like yeah. I haven't seen him for a couple of months, and obviously don't coach him anymore. So, but like I think anything gymnastic wise, I would say he's going to be dangerous. And his strength is average. I, I, uh, I've, uh, I've seen it. it seems, as, I've seen yeah. it.
0: Like I'm kind of right there with him. Yeah. I've seen his strength and. He's gone up in numbers, though. That's yeah, I, for sure.
1: I, I pushed, we've we seen, while I was coaching, we've seen, we've pushed these numbers up a good 20, 30 pounds. Um, we were going through that like, more of a strength block, just trying to, like, okay, this, your at your strength. I coached him. I've seen him as my fundamentals on-ramp client at Desert. Like, I coached him okay. from when I did a partner workout we were seen like, four or five years ago, and he died. <laughs> and He'll tell you, if you speak to him, like, that, that, I remember that workout fondly, and to see the way he is now is absolutely fucking awesome for me, like, as, as a coach. Yeah, like his his strength numbers climbed for sure. But I don't know where they are now because he's changed program and Ivan's more of a hammer it type of coach. Like there's, they work through a lot more higher metcon volume week in week out than I necessarily as a coach would program. But everyone you know has different approach to the way they prep people for for comps and for season wise. So, yeah, like, I mean, we're Rasim was a really, really good job. He's a decent runner as well, so.
0: Yeah, and Bastard beat me by... <laughs> I mean, he beat me by a landslide in the battle. When it was Istanbul, I was kind of close to him. Yeah. And the Open, I was like, I wasn't too far off. So, it was like, yeah. he's he's good, though. It's so a really massive
1: good. shame with really for Rasim. Like, he ended in Kuwait, but obviously he's uh, Syrian passport holder. Oh, really? Yeah, like, he, he would... Like, I can theory he'd go the game spa. I yeah. think. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone else. In terms of what, Masters? No, no, in general. like in general? I don't think I, I, I remember looking at the leaderboard last no, year. He doesn't, he doesn't beat Khaled. He no, was, in Syria. Oh, in Syria. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But right. he entered Kuwait because he's like, well, I can't go because there's no affiliate. Oh, that And that sucks. was one of the, well, there's no oh, affiliate yeah, standing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, But yep. turns out that there is an affiliate because I remember speaking to Noor, who's Glassman's right-hand woman in, in Iceland, the, the sanctional, and asked her about this. And she said, oh, no, there's a military affiliate in Syria. Oh, okay. And this was after the Open. Because I, I remember being really pissed about it because obviously seen would have got a game He would have gone. Yeah, I mean, gone. Yeah, he would have gone. I don't know, again, visa-wise, like being, having a Syrian passport, he may have had really, really hard work to get in. You know, I don't, the US visa yeah. system bemuses me at times. Well, dude, so. still
0: get crowned national Yeah, exactly. Champion. He would national That's, champ. that's amazing. You know? it, yeah. I mean, so next year, at least he's, yeah. he now he knows that if he listens to the show he's the guy I'm running after for the battle. He's the person that I've pegged as like, all right, I want to try and beat this guy at least in one or two workouts. You know, Miko, it's like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Miko, Miko's dangerous, really, really dangerous. And the Miko's coming in sharp. He's, Obviously, working towards that... Right? Why isn't he just taking a couple of months <laughs> off before the battle, dude? <laughs> he'll still so, walk
0: away with it, you know? But uh, yeah, so
1: Miko's going with us to Cyprus, to, to Aphrodite as well next weekend. So he'll be competing against one of the Swedish guys who was actually at the Games. Oh, wow. Okay. So Miko's not been messing around. Miko's going. Damn. And I, I feel sorry for anyone to compete against Miko. His gymnastics might not be the prettiest, but like, he is work effort for, him for days. He's so mentally tough. I do team comps with him. I'm just like, oh, so much work to even keep up with him. All right,
0: initial steps if someone wants to get into weightlifting. Yeah. Let's kind of shift back here. Just in a, in a summary, what are some small steps someone should take before sort of even picking up the bar and trying to do a snatch or a power clean or a clean?
1: So, you mean like in terms of like how you should be warming up? If they want
0: to get into it, say I'm a new person to the gym, I see you snatch, I'm like, oh, I want to try that. I want to try the, you know, the clean. Because you gain some good strength from it and you do gain some shape and form to your body. So,
1: for sure, like there are obviously barriers. Sorry, one more
0: thing. It is an explosive movement. Yeah. And it translates into a lot of sports. Yes. But there are steps you need to take before going into it.
1: So, if you're looking at like the true Olympic. Four months in terms of squatting and through both. Not that everyone at the Olympics does squat, but like in theory, the major blockage to a lot of weightlifters is mobility, right? Again, if you look at this part of the world, a lot of guys are mega tight because everyone comes from bodybuilding backgrounds, give or take, before they move into CrossFit. So the guys are very, very tight. So very, very tight chest, tight triceps, tight lats. So that kind of mobility, and then obviously ankle and hips, just making sure you're mobile, that's for sure. Like anything else you can learn or develop but if you are stiff, you can't get a barbell over your head, or you can't get into a front out position. One, you're going to get injured before you even start. Now, if you can't sit with a barbell in front out position on your shoulders and the bar is stacked on your wrists instead because your elbows are too low, you're just going to get hurt before you get started. So, like having some reasonable mobility, and it's not necessarily going to stop you from doing it. It's just going to make progress very, very slow because you can spend more time doing mobility and less time actually weightlifting.
0: Are there any strength checks? Before going into it, like, no, you say, I wouldn't
1: say so. Obviously, like, except for being able to hold like a neutral spine position, if you physically can't stay in a neutral position, that's obviously going to stop you because, again, you're going to get hurt. But beyond that, there's nothing to stop you from weightlifting. That's, I think, that's one of the cool things about it. There are a lot of things to develop to get from A to Z, which is like, you know, Olympics, for instance. There's a huge gulf in terms of development and how long it will take you to get there. I think that's in any sport, right? But I think that there's relatively low entry point. You know, anyone can pick up a bar and learn to clean and jerk and snatch. Other sports, like, you know, look at the US sports. Weightlifting is relatively straightforward. Like the rules are pretty simple. As well, so <laughs> pick the shit up. make <laughs> yeah, sure, like, make sure you, make sure <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. rebend in the movements, that kind of stuff. And then you just go, like, learn the skill. All right. So, so what are some of the best uh,
0: accessory movements to complement it, or you know, like accessory work, as Crossfitters yeah. call it, or you know, other exercises that complement your weightlifting? Yeah. Because, I mean, th- there are so many different backgrounds, yeah. and everyone has a different approach. Yeah. I mean, my wife's a powerlifter, yeah. and I tell her all the time, like, you know, some powerlifters do conditioning. It's yeah, part yeah, of, of their course. workout, you know, yeah. like, especially the strongman like Brian yeah. Shaw, these guys. Yeah. They do conditioning work, and they still do high reps, high volume, Yeah, you know, obviously a shit ton of heavy weight. The dude was doing... Mm-hmm. one arm presses with 130 pounds 10 times I'm like you gotta be kidding me (laughs)
1: yeah there there was also um, there was a couple of cases that I can't think of the girl's name but there's a famous girl based out of Hawaii who trains at like a conjugate style crossfit powerlifting gym Okay. She clean and jerk, snatch, she's just crossfit, but she's also been breaking powerlifting records at front and center. And she's she's now probably early 20s. Um, and she's she's legit. I can't think of her name, but she's a very, very good example as well. Okay. But yeah, like in terms of accessory work, so like outside of traditional snatch, clean and jerk, right? So obviously strength. So you need to build strength. So front squat, back squat. And then beyond that, other accessory movements You need to have a stronger upper back. So you need to spend a lot of time doing rows. Upright rows, bent over rows, prone rows, whatever, Chinese row. Just build the upper back strength, crush the upper back strength. And then you need to improve your hinging strength. So you're, obviously, when you're lifting, your legs are going to be doing the standing up of it. Like, you know, so that needs to be strong. But you also need to have the strength to open your hips violently upwards, right? So you need to open your hips up. So glutes and hamstring strength is also massively important. So one thing that all my guys do is RDL. And the RDL a lot. RDL Romanian dead, deadlifts. Romanian yeah. deadlifts. Just, so like that's Matt, for yeah, everybody. yeah. Some, some. I spent some time with um, a guy called Sam Dovey, who's level four British weightlifting coach. He came out to Dubai when I was in Kuwait, and I came out and did a course with him. I've used this since, and he has the guys RDL in on a plate so they can get more range of movement, but everything's on the tempo. So all my guys they RDL on the tempo. So like they take. Uh, three second eccentric and three second back up again.
0: I, I freaking I fucking hate tempos, dude. So, <laughs> Tempo, so like, tempos when you have like a three second or a two second. Yeah. Pause so basically, we're just
1: movement. so we, you know, there's, there's no pausing. We're just controlling both up and down of the RDL. So my guys will do basically around sixty seconds of tension when they do this RDL. All right. So it's like a three it's second, like three descent. second down, three yeah, yeah, second that's up, what I ten mean, reps. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So correcting. like. Each rep is six seconds under tension. It, doesn't, it really doesn't need to be heavy. So it's perfectly safe as well. Like, there's no need to load it up heavy. And they, they RDL a lot. And then beyond that, for a person to learn their positions in weightlifting, they need to be doing halting or pause. People call it different ways. The pulls on the lift. So they learn to feel where they need to be on the pull. They don't have to worry about actually executing the lift. So my guys do a lot of two pulls and one pause, snatch and clean pulls. So they get used to holding below the knee, holding above the knee, and then still opening fully in the hips and extending in the right direction. Because that's what happens to a lot of people. They, they rush the lift and they don't get in the right places. So they're out of position. All my guys, they spend a lot of time doing pulls, pulls, and double pause, pulls pulls. So they get sick of being in these places, but they then know, so they train their body to be there. Because when you lift, you're not going to be thinking about everything. And if you are, you aren't going to execute properly because you're overthinking things. So you have to drill this and drill these movement patterns into your body outside of a, a proper lift. They, they pull for days and they get into the right places and they get confident. And when that's good and the strength is there, they, they add more weight, they lift more.
0: So what are the keys some people should look for in a coach? You just kind of touched on that a little bit. So what are some of the keys that you should look for if you're going to a barbell club or if you have a coach that you want to hire for weightlifting? Like, what are some of the keys that you can look for? Because obviously, there are a lot of guys, especially, I mean, in the fitness industry in yeah. general, that will go get a three-day certificate, <laughs> come back, and then all of a sudden, they're an Olympic weightlifting yeah. coach and they have zero hours or yeah. they've only been doing it for a year or two.
1: Yeah. Um, so I can say <laughs> As if you look at my formal qualification in terms of weightlifting, purely weightlifting, I've done my what is now what they call the Bergner Strength Level One, which what was CrossFit weightlifting Level One, and I've got a Center conditioning Level One, which is a very very basic Center conditioning course. So that's the only qualifications I've got. I mean, I just yeah. had I
0: just had John Mills on here from he's based in Dubai too, okay. and he basically said qualifications nowadays don't mean shit.
1: He was like, you can get more knowledge online. Yeah, you. I've invested a lot of time, money over the years on courses and stuff, and I I know now what I want to do with the, some of these courses and what I don't want to see from these courses. A lot of the stuff I do now is is more distance learning, so I spend a lot of time doing distance learning stuff. It's not just two days. Here's a textbook, but we're gonna go through things. We're gonna hammer through things in two days, and then you're gonna go away, and there's no no more feedback, there's no more learning from that. So like a lot of stuff that I've done extra over the years now is a longer course, maybe a little bit more expensive. I'm working through um. John Wellborn's power athlete education at the moment, which is speed, power, development, uh, skill transfer stuff. So yeah, like, I think in terms of what you look for a coach, you would look for someone who's just got hours, who's been doing this for a long time. And not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean they're good or bad either. So like, that's not a golden rule because there are a lot of people doing stuff for a long time, particularly in the Gulf, who don't have a fucking clue what they're doing. That's yeah. only because people in the Gulf sometimes are afraid to say they've been not conned isn't the right word when they've been taken advantage of. Someone's realised that you're down the line when they work with somebody, they won't ever say anything to anyone else. Yeah. Oh, I found another coach. Oh, whatever, it wasn't working. They'll be like, oh, this guy obviously didn't have a fucking clue. He strung me along yeah. for a year, took my money, kind of attitude. So just hours, and it comes down to an enthusiasm to coach as well. You want them to be interested and give a shit, and that's what I've always wanted to do as a coach. For me, like I—that's the I, most important thing. And I would like to think most guys who have ever been coached with me, that they, they, they realize realized I give a shit and I really want to see everyone I coach progress. And that's not out of any bullshit, but I genuinely enjoy coaching. I'm lucky to be where I am right now and to do what I do for a living. So I want to do it the best as I can. So, how do people get
0: in touch with you if they want to get coached by you? Say online, or if they're here, so obviously they can come to Eliath, find you here. Yeah, so you
1: can you can find me Elioth. You can. I'll you, give you. I'll give you a little bit of a plug, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can hit me up on Instagram. So my Instagram is just James M um, Wright. I'll throw it, yeah, throw it into the yeah, show. Yeah, anyway. I'll throw it into the show notes. But yeah, like I remote coach. I've got about twenty clients. So, uh a mixture of CrossFit and weightlifting clients. Just reach out to me. Like, I, I try and help. Like Honestly, like I'm not a guy driven by cash. I know the people. a lot of people say that kind of shit, but I'm not that for I make a good living here. I'm very, very lucky to do what I'm doing here. And I'm well aware of that. But if I can help people along the way, it if is like, oh, I think you should go and speak to this guy. Or I'm not suitable. I don't think I'm the right guy to help you. I'll tell you that. And I'm not afraid to say that. And I and I do a lot of helping people here. And I don't want any extra cash, but I don't really care. Like, yeah. I really don't. <laughs> no, I'm don't. just lucky to do what I do at times, like. To work here in the Gulf and to have the living that I do here, I provide a service, right? But yeah, beyond that, yeah. like I happily help people out. Yeah, like, no, that's that's that's
0: big of you because there are a lot of guys or a lot of trainers, so yeah. to speak. If if they're not well-adversed in a specific skill set, they'll say, "Oh no, 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 I can do it anyways." But for someone to be big enough and say, "Hey, you know what? If I can't do it, I'll direct you in the right direction." So I've so, uh, I've got, huge, I've
1: got no 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 experience at all when it comes to powerlifting. Like, I bench like? 235, 245 at best. That's like <laughs> me training for a couple of months to try and get dude, that. That's like, not bad, man. I don't um,
0: even know what my bench... But, I, yeah, since yeah, but, CrossFit, I haven't bench pressed yeah. in a year oh, really? and a half. Absolutely. We, we, we do, we a, do a
1: lot of bench with. here at this gym. Like, we I do haven't a lot. touched it, dude. Yeah. I, had, I, think, I had one or two people given to me by Sam who does the pro, runs the programming business that I work for, I contract for. And I just enjoy. Them. I can't coach these guys. I wouldn't know where to start. How to yeah. coach Powerlifter. I yeah. would not have a clue. And like where you're going with your with your wife this weekend at Desa Barbell, like the guys there again, ex kuwait coach Dan Edwards, Chris Parson, who are now pretty accomplished powerlifters. Dan and Chris, like mon- yeah. both monsters, like Chris. Chris just, is the uh, dude with the beard, right? Yeah, Chris is. Chris, oh, sha- Chris moved to Dubai, shaved his head, grew a massive beard, and put about twenty pounds on. And just pulls more than... You know. Dude, he was bench pressing
0: my deadlift. My 1RM yeah. deadlift. He was bench pressing. I was yeah. like, son of a bitch. That's so, a that LT, save, that, so
1: those guys are much more experienced to do that. Like I'm spending more time on in a moment trying to learn more on the S&C side and like skill transfer and stuff. Um, purely because it interests me because it's speed power development. And also because I'm at the young lad I coach. He's a great runner but can't spin for shit. So I'm a track athlete and I know how to coach it but I can't put two and two together the work i've done with him hasn't worked so i want to go back and learn more but
0: in general i mean at the end of the day a lot of coaching because i've been a baseball coach for 15 to 20 years almost and it's a lot of repetitions a lot of hours finding new creative ways to teach people and sometimes you have to keep trying different methods yeah of course you know and that's one of the things i think people underestimate with coaching they think they'll get it right away but in reality, it's just like with our bodies. You know, you yeah. you got to try something until it sticks. So yeah, completely. So.
1: Yeah, like people can be just with they one, like I'll quite happily help or if they need direction with things, I'll send them direction. You know, to somebody else.
0: Cool, man. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate no it. Problem. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get you back on here actually to talk some shit, man. Yeah, I will, I, <laughs> will be, you,
1: you want to come in and just we do a, a shit talking hour? Dude, like, I was I'll, 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 for sit, that, dude. I'll, I'll quite happily sit and give like I'll give Ali Chalky shit all
0: day. Dude, dude, Ali like, Ali you know like, got me pumped up. He okay. got me pumped up. He's like, oh man, you're gonna have such a blast of James. he's gonna rip on anyone and everything he's so really? sarcastic and i was like dude where is it i've gotten like serious james today man yeah, which well, is which yeah. is awesome because yeah. the content's amazing so yeah. i appreciate it dude
1: yeah so i i'm a i'm a coach first of all but i'll take the piss out of people left front right, and center yeah it's completely different
0: context all right three names of guys that can take the shit that you dish out the most ali
1: all right he's one chris who just came back so chris is like chris hall okay. just moved back to kuwait he used to work with me at desert I'll give you two more. So Rakan, Rakan Alamari. He just circle. went to Istanbul. Yeah, right? so yeah, yeah. yeah. so Rakan will take shit and then he's partner in crime, Yusuf, Yusuf Alamawi. These guys will take and give shit back. Oh man, I'm, I'm working
0: out at the wrong gym in Kuwait.
1: Ali's everywhere. So <laughs> Ali's, everywhere. Ali's a nomad <laughs> nowadays.
0: Dude, he showed up at my gym and I was like, dude, yeah. I walked over, I was like, wait, do you just like go to every gym in Kuwait? And he was on the show a couple of yeah. weeks ago and we were talking about that and he was like, yeah, he was like, you know, I, I love going from gym to gym and, We talked about the community feel in Kuwait. Yeah. How there is none really. Like, nowadays, yeah. I think it's it's not. It's
1: weird though, because Kuwait's hard. Like, the gyms are so spaced out right in Kuwait in terms of because of the traffic, Not, not physically, geography, but like because traffic is so bad at times, it's difficult for people to get around, I think. So, yeah, I think the community is difficult to grow in Kuwait because, and there's also more underlying politics, which again, I can. I quite happily, I, again, I'll really upset people. So I'm trying, I don't, don't, don't want to call people out on a thing like yeah, on no, this like, like, yeah. But no, like, Kuwait's different. Yeah, it's business first. And I think that's what people are like in Kuwait. It's There's a lot of politics behind the businesses as well. Yeah. No, people, that makes of, sense. yeah. It happens everywhere, but a lot of people fall out with each other. They open their own business, separate. And yeah. Solo it's all over, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it happens everywhere in the yeah. world. And not to single out Kuwait or, anywhere else no. but I mean some of the guys in the community are pretty cool that, yeah, that, I've, are, yeah. that I've come to me like fahad uh, Jarallah. Yeah, yeah. he's a wicked nice guy yeah. and he, you know a couple of these guys that are staples at the gyms they're just wicked nice yeah. and they bring a good community feel anywhere they go yeah, from yeah, what yeah. I've seen uh, Raed I don't know if you know him older dude uh, does a lot of Olympic weightlifting now
1: there's a good chance some of them met these yeah, guys so. but like yeah no so that like, there is cool like, I, honestly I go to comps when I go back to the battle every year for me, it kind of feels like a pilgrimage. I think that's awesome. Like, I get to see people I don't get to see like all the time. See all the Kuwaitis, say hi, you know, high-five and mega at to the briefing, catch up with people all weekend. That's great. And there is a community there, but it takes something like the battle to bring everyone in together. And even then, there were a lot of political undertones going on yeah, at an event yeah. like the battle. Like, let's face it, like the battle is basically, um, one, it's obviously a money-making thing for Circuit, but it's also like they want their guys up there. Because that's what sells their business. Yeah, they want them, They want yeah. them to do well. So there are, there are then other undertones of shit. I mean, that people that tell me, I've never witnessed it myself. But I'm told of stuff that happens, like with judging and all that kind of bullshit. And again, judging so inconsistent in the Middle East anyway. So it's not just <laughs> this one event. They're like, oh yeah, the judging is sketchy here because it's everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, um, but, yeah, like they're always tones. It's just great, man. Like, in general, like people fall out with each other left, front, and center, accuse people of cheating, you know, this kind of bullshit. So, well,
0: dude, I mean, I invited the battle on here, the management yeah. of the battle, because I, I, you know, I posted something a few months ago. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. yeah, about PDs, and it yeah. just spiraled into all this other stuff. Yeah. And then they said they would come on. And I reached out to them when I got back from summer vacation. And yeah. I haven't heard back from them. So, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. I'm assuming they can't take the heat because yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go easy on them. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask them the hard questions, yeah. you know. And, and when they say it's too expensive to drug test, and I think Kuwait is any competition in Kuwait should be drug tested because
1: <laughs> like because steroids are
0: so readily available there,
1: so so readily available anywhere any across the Gulf. But yeah, like I'm for sure with Kuwait, like particularly with the bodybuilding scene, it's in Kuwait, like let's face it, it's the mecca of the bodybuilding. Oh yeah, like yeah, you yeah. can literally get it
0: anywhere, Dude, and everywhere. I, I, I had a, an older woman ask me the other day. She goes, "Oh yeah, there's this new thing in in our." Gym, the women are taking it, an injection. And, they take, <laughs> and I'm like, those are steroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> go, 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 S- yeah. St- steroids are some other form of performance. Uh, yeah, joke, she, like, she, she was like, no, it gets rid of the fat. I was like, yes, those are steroids. steroids yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just everywhere right now. But if they were to put testing in the battle, the entire podium finish would completely change. I think yeah, in my might. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I totally agree. Like completely like, yeah. And I think if I'm honest, like, I think that's probably one of the reasons why they're not a sanctioned event yeah and i understand that it was offered to them oh really yeah really that's interesting but man. and but it was just a cost thing for them in terms of like you have to pay to be a sanctioned yeah, event, dude, like look, licenses, at, look at their
0: sponsors i know. I, mean, I know like, well, i look but, at that
1: and they're charging me 115 dollars for a
0: master's <laughs> division and the prize isn't even probably like 500 but the, bucks. The, the, cost, the, the
1: cost of the team was more the three-man team is more than waterpalooza now, I'm not going to put Waterpalooza on a pedestal because I don't necessarily think Waterpalooza is a great event like they think they are. But like Waterpalooza is like a marquee event for yeah. years before sanctionals, before anything else. Like it was the event everyone wants to go to. Like speaking of Kuwait, like it's a big crossfit. big thing, thing Like, like people are going to. And uh, the team entry cost more money Kuwait. Really? Than it did for Waterpalooza. They're about $40, $50 more expensive.
0: And that's still like going to Kuwait versus Waterpalooza. Yeah,
1: yeah like CrossFit
0: Southie when I was in Boston, like their yeah. event was like forty bucks, thirty dollars. Yeah, and it's like, dude, seriously? Like we're paying a hundred and something versus these guys that are, you know, you're paying thirty dollars yeah. for something that that's bigger and probably yeah. a lot better in terms of facilities, overall yeah. facilities. Yeah, like you don't have you know shit rushing up against you while you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, well, <let's>, <laughs> yeah, that's that's
1: that one thing that I think I got post deleted when I asked a few questions on social media like a few months back. And they were talking about leveling up the event. And I was like, well, I hope you level the toilets up, guys. <laughs> I think they responded to me and said, yeah, yeah, toilets will be good. I think the post was then deleted. I've heard there'll be a toilet block. Yeah. So that, all I can say, let's hope there's a toilet block because God helps social media for everyone. Because last year was God awful with the toilets.
0: Yeah, it's disgusting, man. I literally had my kid go in the bathroom outside of the bathroom. Because of how I wasn't taking my kid yeah. in there.
1: Well, I, I made a joke about having to walk to... Uh, Apparently, the McDonald's is closed now. But walking to the McDonald's, down the, oh, not that close, but on, on Gulf Road, Dude, that's closed. closed. And yeah. the
0: restaurants that were behind there are closed this year, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Great. So if it's at Green Island, that like there's I don't know what they're doing. Like, that's yeah, when well, I heard uh, yeah, yeah. What when it. Yeah, well, it didn't surprise so me. So
1: like, it's middle of nowhere, right? Let's face it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But
0: anyways, dude, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Uh, thanks for having me. Hopefully we can do this again, man. Thanks. Yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely.